raise your hand if your favorite part of Christmas is the food. Okay, a few people. And what about time with family? Oh, a lot more people. Okay. And presents? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Okay, so for the foodies of you today, my analogy is going to be a good one for you, okay? So recently, Lizzie and I have been watching The Great British Bake Off, and it has amazed me how these bakers have been able to take a very different set of ingredients and then bake them all into one beautiful, unified bake that oftentimes tells a story. And so my analogy today is that nativity is like a cake. I thought you might enjoy that. <laughs> you could describe the nativity in a recipe book. And these would be the ingredients here. Today we're just going to focus on one ingredient properly, but I would encourage you to go back to your Bibles to read through the Old Testament and to see how these ingredients crop up and come together in the nativity. So, I'm only really going to make two points today. The first one is the Bible is like Christmas. (laughs) And the second point is that God does impossible things. And I would like you say this one as well. So when you see this one pop up, I'd like you to say, God does impossible things. Perfect. Okay, so our ingredient today is going to be when God intervenes to bring you life. So when he does that, we call it a miracle. And can any of you think of any examples in the Old Testament where there have been people who have been unable to have a baby and then God's intervened and they've been able to. Any examples? Shout them out if you can think of them. Yeah. Sarah, okay. Here are the ones I could think of. There's a few more. Okay. But we can even go all the way further back. So the very first one, Eve, she says... With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. And so this is a great reminder to us that even life itself is impossible without God. Life itself, the breath in our lungs, is a miracle. Now, how how many times do we forget that when life just feels like a bit of a trudge? Here, Eve reminds us that life is a miracle. Okay. Fantastic. Next we have Sarah. Now, Sarah could not have a baby. Oh, Rachel. Okay, that's fine. We can skip to Rachel. (laughs) So so we all know Sarah, who I, I did think I had her on the slides, but Sarah laughed at God, and then she had Isaac in her old age. So God does impossible things with Sarah. And then Rachel also disbelieves. Rachel has a little uh, arch nemesis thing going on. And she does not trust in God. But eventually God provides Rachel with Joseph. 
again, another person who couldn't have a baby. And then God provides Joseph. And Joseph is one of those characters who does a lot of things that anticipates the arrival of Jesus. He resists temptation. He is wrongly imprisoned. And he is ultimately raised up to be the king of a nation or acting king of a nation and to save that nation and the nations around from famine. Sounds like someone I know. So, oh, Hannah is our next person. Now, Hannah, unlike Rachel, puts her faith in God. Now, I wonder if our idea, oftentimes, of faith can look a bit like this top image here. We like to tidy it up a little bit. We like to think that faith looks like having everything put together. But the Bible tells us that Hannah wept bitterly for years, but she still had faith. So we like to think that perhaps faith looks like that top one, but it can actually look like that bottom picture there. Faith doesn't mean not having any emotions, robotically knowing that God will do everything. It can mean, through the pain and the bitterness, putting your trust in God, like that bottom photo. So Hannah prays to God, asking him for a baby boy. And she promises to commit him to Lord's service. Now I wonder, when was the last time you asked something impossible of God? Hannah, who couldn't have any children, asked that impossible thing of God. How many times do we ask God for impossible things? But God answers Hannah's prayer because. Yeah, God does impossible things. Great. Okay. Isaiah chapter 7. If we can skip forward. Sandy, are you able to move it along on your end? Oh, it's fine. We don't need it. Isaiah chapter 7 says. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This prediction is partially fulfilled in chapter 8 as Isaiah himself has a son. But in chapter 9 we see that there is a promise of that future fulfillment. And I encourage you to read through those chapters and see how that comes to pass. Now so far the Bible has been training us to see that God does miraculous and impossible things. So when we hear these words, we should be ready for God to do impossible things. And indeed he does. Matthew chapter 1 tells us that Mary, a virgin, was conceived by the Holy Spirit in order to have Jesus. Now you may be thinking to yourself, but hold on, his name is Jesus, not Emmanuel. But I say to you, hold your horses. Because before it was the name Jesus, it was the name Jesus. If we could have the next slide, that would be brilliant. And before that, it was Yeshu. Before that, Yeshua. Before that, Yehoshua, which means the Lord is our salvation. Now, if you understand God rightly, then you'll know that God, being with us, is 
our salvation. And our salvation is a hope of forever being with him. Now, our greatest issue as human beings is that we have rejected God. We have turned away his presence. Being with him is something that we have rejected. And we rehash this issue over and over and over again. Because we're human, we are troubled, broken, and we're not perfect. So our problem is God not with us. God, who is the source of life, who is the breath in our lungs, the reason we live and move and exist, we have turned him away. So, unless we are with him, our breath will run out, and we will be out of time. And we need saving, we need salvation from that. And Jesus means God is our salvation, or the Lord is our salvation, and Jesus is God with us. So that is why Emmanuel, God with us, is the same thing as Jesus, the Lord is our salvation. So Jesus, as a baby, breathed his first breath, like us, the result of a miracle. But around 33 years later, he would breathe another first breath. The first breath of new life as he was raised from the dead new life which God has promised to give us as well if we put our faith in Jesus. Now this should come as no surprise to us because God does impossible things. Which if this was working I would have given you a prompt for that. Hey! <laughs> So, as we look at these seemingly random stories of the Old Testament, I hope you see that there is an ingredient that is baked into them that goes throughout the Old Testament. I encourage you to go back and look for it yourself. And I hope you see that, like Christmas, the Bible is... And today I want to invite you to take that step of trusting that God does impossible things and asking him to be our salvation by asking him to enter into our lives, into our everyday, and being Emmanuel, God with us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you love us and that you want to be with us. We thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to be our salvation so that we could be with you and that no matter what we do, no matter how many times we turn you away, you never turn us away. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to this earth for us. And so, Lord God, we just open up our hearts to you today and we say, Lord God, please come and be with us. Be with us and bless us, Lord God. We trust you with our whole lives, Lord. And we just pray that you would uh, bless us this Christmas. In your holy name, amen. amen. Thank you.